you may be more inclined to use it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, anyone who want to learn more about SEO, especially how you can get real leads and sales through SEO. Welcome. Today, we are going to discuss how you can do it to build relationships in marketing with Tamika Carlton. How are you? I am great. How are you? So nice to be here. Want to learn more? A big pleasure to get you on my show. Uh, yes. Before we start, just tell more about your self-experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely. I always like to tell people I'm originally from Seattle. Like, I'm a down-home Seattle fan. <laughs> but I currently live in Georgia. I've been in marketing for about 15 years. And I've done, you know, e-commerce marketing. I've done retail marketing. I've done... SEO, content marketing, I've kind of spanned the gamut. But in addition to that, I'm also a relationship coach and expert. So it's been really nice to be able to bridge the gap between the marketing world and just the relationship space. And I'm like very passionate about ensuring that we integrate both of those practices accordingly so that we can get the results that we need because we are all about making money and making sales and connecting to people appropriately. Yeah, nice. Love it. Love your experience. Awesome. I think without relationships, it's, it's hard to go ahead. Yeah. And many things what you can do to build relationships, even if you uh, can get results. But if you have the right relationships, you can promote your products. You can help each other. So I love it. Uh, I'm so blessed, you know, to have experience uh, with uh, Rand Fishkin twice he spoke on my event he spoke on my podcast i spoke with neil patel uh neil patel uh lily ray fabrice canal yeah and that's cool to have great relationships yeah. uh, i want to ask you about the right strategy you know <laughs> uh, what i usually see when people uh, with masters open semrush ihrefs was Google Keyword Planner, many other great tools, Uber suggests so, and they see high volume keywords. Yeah. And all these keywords, it, you know, I love them, but it's hard to promote. It's hard to get results. Uh, yeah. For example, if I choose SEO, I need to compete with Moz. I need sure. to compete with Google itself, sure. with sure. Uh, Neil Patel. Uh, I can't tell it's impossible. Anything is possible, but it's a stupid idea to compete with big brands yeah. <laughs> that deserve these ranking positions. Uh, yeah. These brands have uh, authority, trust, ma many things. Sure. You can create much better content, but it doesn't mean you, you can get these ranking positions. Uh, and why we need to do it if we have many other keywords that can yeah. bring sales. Tamika, Tell how to do it, how to find yeah, these keywords I mean, that will be, bring listen, sales. <laughs> yeah. Great question, right? I think more than anything, that is the prize question for everyone. And SEO is so important because you have the ability to reach people organically in a way that connects with them, provides value for them. I think more than anything, when it comes to figuring out your keywords, a lot of times we're super overwhelmed. And like you said, you go on SEMrush and you're like typing in different keywords that you feel are relevant to your audience. 
And you can't really compete with the larger brands or the larger companies. My goal with my clients is to ensure that they really have a clear understanding of who they are, first of all, and who their target audience is and niche down. It's not about trying to compete with the larger brands. It's about having a clear understanding of who you are and how you can reach your potential people. So it's more, I always say pick three priority keywords to go up for or to, to try to rank for first. And a lot of times don't go if you go on SEMrush or Google Keyword Planner or Google Search Console, it's more about trying to figure out the the monthly search volume, right? If it's like a monthly search volume of 1100, you're probably not going to be able to reach or rank that really promptly. So you're going to you're going to want to focus on the smaller search volume keywords and then it's going to be easier for you to target and build content around that. But most importantly, you know, it's really I always tell people it's so interesting how when you're when you are in the business yourself, you think that people are searching for specific things that are in relation to your business. And the reality is, is that the things that you think that they're searching for, they are not searching for. So it's really important for you to figure out what is the things that they're searching for. And that's where someone like myself or like an SEO expert would come in and handy just because they have more of an idea on how to reach your goals in a better way. Hopefully, mm -hmm. that yeah, yeah, nice, yeah, I agree. I think it's better to spend some time uh, to uh, analyze keywords, user intent, yeah. to open uh, right. to open results, you know, to figure out. And I usually check if I can create something better. If I can't, I skip it. Exactly. If I create another piece of content uh, similar to many others, uh, it's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, I I think yeah. not to interrupt, but I was just going to say too, like, for example, you know, I have a, a inclusive relationship company couples experience. And one of the main things that we provide is like relationship advice. We have, you know, date night ideas. Mm -hmm. We have a variety of things that are, we have a subscription gift box and you know, there's, you would think that, okay, because I'm a relationship company, I want to immediately relate or uh, rank for like, couples advice or, you know, relationship advice or whatever it may be. That's very large scale. But my priority was to rank for like what's really important to couples, right? Date nights. Okay. So maybe I can write content around major city um, date night ideas. And that was easier for me to rank for versus me trying to rank for you know, relationship advice, which is very uh, more of an umbrella topic. So I just really want people to start trying to scale down into what is the more niche audience for you. And then over time, once you start ranking for smaller keywords, it's going to be easier for you to start ranking for the larger scale keywords. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Tamika, I want to ask about finding uh, related niches that uh, can consist of your customers. For example, let me share an example, great example, by the way. Uh, one lawyer found that all his clients, most of his clients, play golf. So mm -hmm. he started to create content about golf to mm -hmm. submit call to action. 
-hmm. and he got million contracts you know <laughs> because uh, all clients are playing golf so can you talk how to find these uh, topics you know if my clients some have yeah. interest in uh, niches so yeah any tips about yeah that? it's like what is your interest and what are you really passionate about i think that you know it's a lot easier for you to develop content around things that you're passionate about versus just trying to make you know money really quickly or trying to get leads really quickly so that would be my first recommendation like what are you really passionate about what do you really Really, like enjoy and then it's easier for you to suggest topics around those keywords like if you like golf if you like swimming if you like whatever activity it, it may be it's very important for you to say okay I like golf but what are the things that people are searching for related to golf also you have to figure out what your as you mentioned before like user intent are you trying to convert people are you trying to just build brand awareness are you trying to be is this like a transactional content piece like you really have to be succinct in figuring out what the goal is and then it's more ideal for you to be able to create content around that so i would imagine this golf person uh has developed a series of content pieces that are relative to like the struggles that people have if you know they they play golf like what type of golf clubs are the best you know like wh what type of shoes are going to give you the best type of quality golf experience like all of those things are going to be more re related to the golf spectrum and then people are going to start coming back to your site or continue to come back to your site and over time they'll start to convert yeah, I agree. I, I couldn't agree more with that yeah. because without passion, it's better to it's skip hard. it. You know, yeah. it's like, it, it's not the same when you're just not interested. You're just not going to be as invested. And if you don't have a why behind what you're doing, it's just not going to be able to take off as fast as it could if you're really, really passionate about it. Yeah, I remember one great advice uh, from a book offer, a uh, well-known book offer. Mm -hmm. And uh, she uh, shared a story when another book offer reached out to him and asked uh, what to do because he uh, wrote a bunch of books, but uh, nobody cares about I them. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't sell these yeah. books. Uh, and uh, he asked for tips for other book offers and all of them tell perseverance, just go ahead. Uh, and, uh, she, and he... Uh, shared on this email he suffered a lot because he can't sell all these books right and she replied to him leave it forget about uh, this niche it's not for you if you are suffering yes. just yes. leave it find something yes. else yes. Uh, yeah and uh, i think without passion you can't over no. uh, overwork others you need to no. do it yeah and it's not, it's so, it's like I always tell people, like, if you are trying to rank for SEO or rank for a keyword or whatever it is, like, what is it that you can go to? Like, SEO to me is really like you're having an online conversation with someone. When you have an online conversation with someone, you have to provide value. But imagine if you were having the same conversation in an in-person experience. What can you talk about for so long <laughs> that <laughs> You know what I mean? What can you have a long conversation about no matter who it is, no matter what you're talking about, focus on that niche and you're going to be able to blow up because that is your expertise and that is what you're super interested in. And as you said, if you don't feel that way, leave it. Like it's not, it's not yeah. necessarily meant for you. You may not be in your zone of genius as people like to say. Yeah. 
100 percent that's why i usually skip best practices you know when yeah. best practices can tell you need to write but if you don't like writing <laughs> leave it you can feel right i tell people that all the time too i'm like an seo can go into like social media platforms yes search engines are important but now we're really like galvanizing social media like that's where a lot of our audience is so it's like how do you integrate the same keywords into other platforms or other methods of communicating with folks like you don't have to always focus on just one specific thing what is your way of reaching your people you know if you like to speak and you want to do tons of videos do tons of videos add the captions and those things will be found on search engines as well so i just think that just do what you're really good at and like go yeah. for it because otherwise it's going to be a struggle and people see it. And that's why relationships are so important because the point is, is that you're having a, a two-way conversation. And if you're not interested and passionate about whatever topic you're discussing, people are going to see that, you know, and they're going to be like, eh, I'm not really that interested in them, but someone else that's really passionate about it is going to get more of the audience. So, yeah, I think for me, uh, the, the biggest thing, um, when you are not passionate about something, uh, you can't create quality content. No, no. Because uh, someone who is passionate can overwork you, can be more creative. Uh, you do like a job, but someone can do like a hobby, like interests. So, yes. yeah. Well, and and nowadays, yeah. it's like we have this wonderful thing called AI that's like taking us by storm, right? And it's like so many people have the ability to create content pieces without actually having to write it, right? Yeah. But it's like, how are you going to differentiate yourself from yeah. those types of content pieces? You have to bring your personality. You have to bring your passion. You have to bring your uniqueness to the table. And that's going to create the relationship-based exchange that's going to develop long-term loyalty with your customers or your clients. So yeah yeah i love ai and i think Me it's too. a great tool <laughs> and uh, of course if you set up prompt like how to play guitar how to lose weight you yeah. you get generic answers uh nothing right. special but uh, i usually uh collect data i spend time mm -hmm. to collect data i can write a bad copy you know with many grammar mistakes <laughs> but <laughs> I I add this data to ChatGPT and ask, please <laughs> make something better. You know, just Do fix all my like errors. Yeah, and uh, it works well. Uh, for example, we edit press releases on ChatGPT, yeah. and we got mentions on CNN, Business Insider. Wow. Awesome. Because of editing on ChatGPT, yeah. I, I I never ask ChatGPT to write from scratch. Right. I can uh, grab some ideas. But yes. in most cases, I collect data, submit. Yes. Uh, I know I'm a terrible writer, but ChatGPT can do my best writing. Yeah, you know? good writing. Even with me, and I love writing. You know, my my I went to school for journalism, and I'm like mm -hmm. ChatGPT is my best friend. Okay, it's like <laughs> it's yeah. like it really does help to just either inspire you, add some little tidbits that you can twist around, and like really make yours. I mean, it really is you know, business owners really have to think about how they can integrate it into their business for success because it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. By the way, what do you think about AI is replacing uh, jobs? Uh, I see why many experts can tell it's not, but I disagree. Uh, personally, in my company, I don't cooperate with editors. 
I cooperated before. Right now, if ChatGPT can do this job much better, and I get results from editing with ChatGPT. And uh, for example, uh, we use ChatGPT to translate to different languages, yeah. and we compare results after translation on ChatGPT and. Uh, after asking experts, we got much better results with ChatGPT. And, you know, it's interesting what uh, we usually write on ChatGPT, for example, if I translate to Japanese, I can ask, please consider Japanese culture, uh, habits, uh, mentality, and it works. It mm -hmm. works well. So, I, yeah, I think um, two things, you know, one is a, you know, AI is a tool, right? And it's a resource. And I think one of the main things that we forget about AI is that AI is pulling information from the web and from the source of humanity, right? And I think that it's really interesting if you look at it from that perspective, like, okay, all of that content out there was produced by people and it's is basically able to integrate all of that information into one compiled situation based off of a prompt, right? So I think we have to stop thinking about it making us, you know, forcing people to maybe lose their jobs. We can start thinking about it like how can we use this resource and how can we be more intelligent to a certain degree and step our game up to ensure that we are providing more than this robotic situation is, right? Like we're not automated. We are yeah. the special fruit of the situation. So we're more needed than ChatGPT is because without our content, ChatGPT is gonna be pretty miserable. You know what I mean? If we don't produce more, it's not gonna have anything to, to pr provide for us. So I do believe that there's a struggle like with the, um, the Hollywood like writing strike and things like that. We have to be sensitive to the fact that this is creative. Like a lot of the stuff that we do is creative. And I don't, I want to make sure that like our creatives are being valued and we are always seeing that without them, like we're not going to be entertained. We're not going to be in a space that we're going to grow and evolve but we also have to use this resource and be, and you know, ensure that we are aligned with how things are evolving. A lot of people didn't want to use the internet for a long time, right? But this is where we are. And this is how we need to ensure that we continue to evolve as a humanity. And we just got to switch up and, and be flexible with things. But yeah. I mean, sure, it probably will take some jobs. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. But how do you ensure that you have the job that you want to have and that you are passionate about. Once again, we're going back to passion um, because no one can take you out of that job. No one can take you out of the job that you are passionate about, honestly. So, yeah, yeah. I think ChatGPT can make, uh, uh, you know, ChatGPT provides a way to be more specific and have focus. Yes. Uh, yes. For example, if you ask me to generate any text about accounting, about weight loss i can't right. i have this tool but right. i can't i tried i tried yes. uh, my brothers asked me please help me to write text about accounting I, right. of course i i tried many things but i don't know what kind of quality i no. get because i'm not specialist no. about no. marketing of course about seo i can but about other topics no so i think uh it's better to uh to stay focused in one specific niche so yes yeah, and, but, yeah. Well, and it's a way to expand your knowledge. Like I'm a little bit older and I remember the encyclopedia, like people used to read the encyclopedias front to back, right? So it's like, if you have 
really compare the encyclopedia to this new age AI chat GPT that we have. And it's like, if you produce really great quality prompts, you're going to get some really great favorable outcomes. And that's more information that you have in your back pocket, you know? So I just think that we just have to look at it from a different perspective. I don't want to be dependent on chat GPT. I don't think anyone should be, but I think that it's a really good tool that we can all use to get to the next level in a more efficient and effective way. That's another thing too. Like this is making us really effective and we don't have to use a lot of our time to do things because it's giving us so much information. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think if you ignore this tool today, yeah, your niche will ignore you it's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a struggle. It's going to be a struggle for people that don't want to integrate it. Yeah. Into their I remember Jeff Coyle said on my podcast, co-founder of Market Muse, that mm -hmm. in the future we will have three companies. Uh, the first company will develop AI, the second company implement, and the third company will be obsolete, who can leave the trade. So uh, I think I know even great experts who still ignore ChatGPT. I spoke I with them. Their methods work. Uh, that's okay. But I am not sure uh, it will work in the future because uh, your competitors can find the way how to overcome you by using this automation. And uh, I, I, I don't want to tell you need to do jump or, uh, right now, but it's better to spend some time to learn, yeah. how, uh, to think how to adapt. And yeah. for example, my brothers uh, in accounting niche, they have good uh, revenue, awesome revenue. And uh, they told me they don't use ChatGPT, don't use any AI. Really? And uh, yeah, um, many niches still ignore this tool. Uh, I oh, checked... Yeah, yeah, check if you, uh, yeah. I think in marketing, most marketers use, but if we are talking yeah. about other niches, <laughs> most of them ignore. You're right. You're right. I think people are just like, is it really necessary? Do I, is mm -hmm. it really going to help me? I mean, it's just useful for so many different avenues that I just think people just have to be more open to it and give it a shot. I feel like if you give it a shot, you may be more inclined to use it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to be. You know, one of the things about ChatGPT is just, you know, being very educated on how to do quality prompts, because a lot of times if you ask the wrong question or something basic, as you said before, it's like you're not going to get a response that's useful. So, yeah, nice. I want to ask about your passion. I open your LinkedIn profile and I see you're passionate about content management, SEO, digital marketing, social media marketing. I think everyone relates to marketing. Can you tell how you can be passionate about that? It's interesting. You know, Very a few times I got this question. Uh, it's boring how you can be passionate about marketing. For me, it's not boring. <laughs> it's creative. Oh. It's art. So your tips about that. <laughs> oh, fun. I think, you know, marketing and content marketing and just everything in the marketing world is really about language and communication and it's like messaging. And that is so intriguing to me because it's like really trying to understand the psychology of human beings to take action, to do whatever it is that you want them to do, whether that's, you know, buy something, whether that's to connect with you. It really is so intriguing to be able to figure out the logistics and strategy to get people to 
do what you need for them to do. And, you know, like, like I said, a lot of it is really about relationship-based experiences and ensuring that you're communicating properly and you are relating accordingly and you are connecting to another human on the other side of whatever it is that you're communicating with. And, you know, I'm just really passionate about getting to know people. And when you're able to do that in a career, which I do with marketing and relationship building, it's like the best thing that I could ever ask for. I mean, seriously. And like, not to mention the data, just to understand data. I remember when like data really start being used, maybe like hmm, 12 years ago or so, like people really start talking about data more. I wasn't very interested. But over time, I got so connected to data because it's like, these are the facts that we have an understanding of why people are watching, viewing, doing, clicking, all of the things and who these people are, just being able to dive into the the truth of the matter through data. Oh, so compelling. <laughs> yeah. my, that is my thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I started my digital journey in 2008, mm-hmm. I set up Google ads and Facebook ads myself without mm-hmm. any knowledge oh, skills. Man, I know that was yeah. And yeah. And I paid five, 10, send per click you know <laughs> i got a lot of leads uh, results but things change because the competition was low today i need mm-hmm. to pay like five ten dollars you know yeah. 100 times more and it's not uh, without data you can't go ahead without no collecting the right data spending time with that setting the right campaigns yeah it's impossible today you know to get two dollars back if you invest a dollar yeah, you'll lose so much money without analyzing the data and having a clear understanding of who your target audience is. I think that's what a lot of business owners struggle with too, really identifying their target audience and being clear on how to approach and communicate with them. And I think, you know, one of the main things that I always tell people too is, you know, stop. One of my terms that I always say is we've got to stop using the term leads because a lot of times when you think of leads, you take out the human connection element of, of the situation and you forget that you really are just having a conversation or trying to build a conversation and relationship with these people. So just think about it. Like, how do you want to talk to someone? Like I always say that, just how do you want to connect and communicate with people for them to identify your business, your brand, who you are, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. I want to ask about the future of blog content. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, in 2008, when I started my digital journey, I completely ignore uh, blog content because uh, that was simple to game the system. You know, Google uh, was not smart, smart enough to figure out uh, the user intent. Things change a lot. And yeah. today we spend so much time writing blog posts for our clients, for uh, our projects. And, uh, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, we have today chatbots that can reply to questions mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. steal our content. It's okay. reality. Uh, we get less and less clicks from Google itself mm-hmm. because of paid marketing, because of uh, feature snippets. Um, and uh, according to some studies, today it's better to pay attention to volume not to get in clicks and yes. uh, we have chatbots being uh, uh, google is going to launch this uh, uh, sga search yes. uh, generative experience and 
I, I'm not sure about the future right now. And uh, I'm going to switch my attention from blog content to tools, to uh, creating brand awareness. What do you think about blog content? Your perspective yeah, about that? That is a great question. You know, I'm always, first of all, you're absolutely right. Like things are constantly changing and evolving. And you really do in the marketing world, you really do have to be able to be nimble and adapt. I think blog content is going to slowly disintegrate to a certain degree. And when I say that, yes, there will always be text information online. But I think that you need to really be able to have the only blog content that's going to be very important is if you can easily summarize it in like three key takeaways. So if you notice like a lot of like, you know, larger companies, maybe like a HubSpot or SimRush or whomever, they immediately have like the three key takeaways at the higher part of the blog, because at that point, that's the only a Google can crawl it easily humans can crawl it easily. So I think blog content is going to slowly disintegrate from a long form to more short form. Another thing that I think too is, you know, video content is going to continue to blow up. And if you don't have, you know, your, your blog content or whatever it may be in video form, you're going to be in a, in a very bad place too. Um, And just, you know, always say too, at some point, chat GPT is going or, or AI is going to continue to need more information. And if you're not the source of any of that information, we have another problem as well. So whatever niche you're in or whatever business you're in, you really do need to continue to release, whether it's video content, whether it's, you know, small form content, whether it's social media content with appropriate hashtags, whatever it may be, you you really need to make sure that you are going to be the source for specific information. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we need to adapt in marketing. If yeah. you want to work in this niche, you need to adapt. <laughs> and yeah. marketers on TV and radio, newspapers, didn't lose their jobs. They adapted to digital. And that's what's happened. I mean, what's interesting though, is like, we still have, you know, the Washington post or like, yeah. you know, online platforms that are still doing favorably well, but they're switching up the way that they deliver content too. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone has to do it. And unless you want to get left behind. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, my dogs starting to take part on this podcast to share opinions. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> they're like, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need to, uh, to open the door for my cat. But uh, I just asked uh, one question before. I want to ask about mistakes. You know, in marketing, mm-hmm. we do a lot of testing experiments mm-hmm. and i made a lot of mistakes some of them terrible mistakes <laughs> but i think everyone has yeah. such experience uh, um new battle shared about that uh, many great experts so can you tell mistakes that we can avoid for example some mistakes we can learn from them because uh, i think everyone starts from best practices can fail find mm-hmm. their way but what about mistakes that we can learn before doing something Yeah, I think, you know, listen to other people's experiences for starters, so you don't make the same mistakes. But one of the main mistakes that I think is really easy for you not to make 
is to prioritize, you know, putting yourself on the wrong platforms, like whether that's, you know, social, if you're not a social media person, as we've talked about before, if you're not a podcast person, don't do a podcast. If you don't want to be on Instagram, don't do that. Like you really want to make sure that you are being in the place that is fruitful for you. I think a lot of times we all get very overwhelmed by all of the things and we are more inclined to make the mistake and be in the wrong place at the, at the wrong time versus just being in the right place that we can stay in our own lane and do what we need to do to deliver the appropriate message. So I would suggest just always thinking about what you're passionate about and once again, passion, what you're passionate about and where you can provide the best value versus just doing everything. And listen, also, you know, paid advertising is great, but I think majority of marketers probably have made mistakes in the paid advertising space. Um, And a lot of that is just because you don't have an understanding of who your audience is. And once again, just really hone in on your personas, your ideal client, all of those things so you don't make the mistake of spending a lot of money for no reason. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, love it, love it. Awesome. I think, yeah, awesome. Th- that's cool to have mistakes. And uh, I agree I agree about passion, you know, because uh, passion only can push you forward yes. if you make mistakes. Because yes. people give up fast. Uh, yes. According to some data, uh, uh, most uh, podcasters don't record uh, more than eight episodes because they can't oh. get results. I, yes. I really don't know how to do it, <laughs> how to get results from eight episodes. It takes time. <laughs> I, I remember uh, uh, some tips from Mr. Beast, and he told, you need to film 100 bad videos. <laughs> if you yes. uh, Only after filming 100 bad videos, you can uh, get experience, you can acquire yes. experience, uh, you know how to create something better, much better, and you can go ahead. It's not like to read a hundred books, how to film uh, YouTube videos. No. Uh, yeah, you need well, to, yes, just, to make hands dirty. Right. <laughs> yeah. One of the things, recent thing that I read too is like the first time you do anything, it's going to be terrible. Like yeah. <laughs> no matter what, you 100%. know, no matter what it is, if it's your first podcast, your first blog, your first business, like whatever, or your first business offer, whatever it is, it's not going to be great. So just do it. And then, so you can hurry up and get to the next thing, because (laughs) at some point, you know, a lot of times we all like want to want everything to be perfect really quickly. And the reality is, is that just is not how life works. You know, it's just, you got to earn your, your keep around here in life, you know, so just be consistent and keep it up. Yeah, and it's not a bad thing if you give up. And uh, I personally yeah. gave up with some project because I hated them. Right, and I yeah. think people feel bad for that too. Yeah. Or they like change their business offer because it wasn't yeah. working. And a lot of times if it's not working, there's a reason for that, right? Whether it's yeah. you're not passionate, whether you're not being consistent, whether you're just not simply good at it. Like, don't try to do what or produce what you're just not great at. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember when I started one project because I found marketing, I found some gap in market. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I got the feeling I can feel this gap. <laughs> and I hired a big team, uh, a lot of people, spent three years, and uh, I hated Monday. I love Friday. 
And after three years, I gave up and told, no way, I will never take anything <laughs> that are not related with my passion. For example, I can play basketball. I'm so bad with that. But I'm not waiting when some of you pay money for my hobby. It's my hobby. Right. No. So, yeah, your job is hobby. If you, it's not hobby, leave it. You mm-hmm. will never regret. You, yeah, it's uh, true. you need to enjoy the process. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because you're going to have so many hiccups. I think another thing people don't understand, too, in whatever you're doing, you're going to have setbacks. And unless yeah. you're passionate about it, you're not going to want to keep going, you know, because the struggle is going to be real at any given time. And you have to be able to push through and not have like a why or your passion or feel like you're like really an expert in it versus just hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. I want to ask about your experience. I, mm-hmm. I often ask this question, you know, uh, for example, I found... Um, I usually get high results with clients who understand SEO. So if they understand, we know why we need to create high quality content, why it's important to get more valuable traffic than getting more traffic, um, many things. But if uh, I see clients don't understand, I usually tell them, take my course, learn from Lily Ray, Jeff Coyle, Mike Phillips, Chelsea Alves, go to YouTube, go to Google, listen to your podcast, find your live format. Uh, Mm -hmm. Don't force yourself with formats that you don't like. Just find live format. It's important. Books, great. Uh, Podcasts, great. YouTube videos are great. For example, Ferry Kazoni told me that uh, he learned, uh, he usually spent so much time by watching YouTube videos. Mm. And uh, he uh, he spoke yeah. in Google conference because CEO of Google invited him to speak on this conference and That's he has this big uh, PR agency in UK and uh, wow. yeah, uh, he only watches videos on YouTube. That's okay, uh, you know, you, yeah, f- yeah, find your live format, it's important. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, when you get the basic you can cooperate with great experts i want to ask you if you started today from scratch without any experience knowledge skills it's your first day in seo what will you do today if you need to learn the basic oh that is a good question you are good okay (laughs) if i needed to start today i would go to blogs myself that would be me Mm -hmm. that would be like me researching online. And that's what I did because when I first started with SEO, I had an inkling about what it was. You know, I knew the basics, like when you search, something comes back to you, <laughs> searching, <laughs> and, you know? but outside of like how the technical aspects of SEO, I didn't really have a clear understanding of. And, you know, I think a lot of it is really how do you learn best? So like, for example, you were just talking about that the one guy, like he obviously learns best by watching. I learn better by reading. So it would be me, you know, I've I've read a lot of marketing books and that's how I've learned a lot of my expertise. Sometimes people learn better by listening. So they hear more podcasts or do that type of work. I'm typically more of a reader. So just give me what I need to understand. I'll read it and, uh, you know, comprehend and move forward. So that would be my way of, of, Day one, how am I going to learn SEO and marketing and all of the things by reading? 
Nice. Me, me too. I love reading more. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I don't like watching YouTube videos because it takes more time, you know, to watch yeah, this video. Yeah, I but, yeah. <laughs> but in reading, you, you, you can scan, you know, you can scan, yes. you can skip. Yes. You can, in videos, it's hard. <laughs> That's why, yeah. Like, oh love. my gosh, it's still going. <laughs> but, but, but it doesn't mean that you need to read if you like watch, watch, you know, many great That's experts. That's what I'm saying, like, figure out what your best way of learning is, whether it's listening, hearing, conver- whatever it is, you go with what works best for you. But yeah, yeah nice. what and I have my final question about the future. Um, yes. I want to ask you, take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be because many things are coming. We have AI today. It's changing oh the game. God. Augmented reality might come with uh, Apple. Apple is going to launch this headset. I don't know what kind mm-hmm. of gadget will be. But anyway, uh, we need to adapt. So yep. your prediction about the future. <laughs> I think that is a great question. I think that we're really going to have like little robots in our houses helping us. Like I genuinely see that. I feel like people are, it's going to be like little Alexas running around here (laughs) (laughs) and it's going to be like, you know, we can have people help us with our daily tasks or tell us, you know, what it is that we need to do to get to the next level or, you know, be more efficient with our time. I think overall, like, Humanity is trying to figure out how we can be more useful with our time because we only have a designated amount of time to experience this life. So it's like, how can we ensure that we're experiencing it to its highest potential? And the only way to do that is to minimize the amount of time we're taking to do menial tasks, right? So it's like, that's really what AI is doing. It's allowing us or forcing us to do things where it's going to take less time for us to, and then we'll be able to do all of the things that we want to do, you know, and uh, hopefully the goal would be for that experience to be more um, global versus more segmented. Because I think right now, you know, if you don't have access to the internet or if you, if you're not privy to like how to really use chat GPT, you're kind of eliminated from the core And I think, you know, it would be nice if it would be not necessarily an exclusive experience, but more of an abundant experience for everyone to to be able to use their time wisely, if that makes sense. Yeah, valuable, valuable. Love it, love it. By the way, I have my robot vacuum cleaner at home, so I have some automation. (laughs) (laughs) I think many new things will come. (laughs) I do. I really, I can't even imagine. Like, it's going to be crazy. I mean, even like refrigerators and stuff do all this stuff now. It's just like everything is going to do so much for us. And I'm actually okay with that. (laughs) Nice, nice. Tamika, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You're so kind to share all these valuable insights. Tell all our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to work with you, for you, to reach out to you, anything about you. All of the things. Yes, you can go to TamikaCarlton.com and follow me on Instagram at Tamika underscore Carlton JBP for all things SEO, relationships, and marketing. Nice, guys. You can find all the links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. I recommend to anyone to follow Tamika because you can see a lot of value. And guys, if you want to become a marketing expert, learn and test, experiment, practice, make your hands dirty if you want to get it.
<laughs> okay, love you. See you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.